This show has explicit language and mature themes. John, will you play us that intro lick? John. Oh, hey there. Welcome to Dexplanations. I'm Dexter Sorensen. I looked some stuff up on Wikipedia and I'm going to explain it to my friend David Gerondale. Ahoy, David. Ahoy. Dexter, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing? Super swell. Nice. We just went and got Monet's ID and uh, took it back to the show that they were at. Yeah, they're at uh, <laughs> Leftover Crack. Yeah, both your both your girlfriends are, <laughs> are at a show without us on Valentine's Day. Yep, and here we are. We're dedicated to this shit. We are. It's easy for me because I don't have a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Loneliest day of the year. So anyway, I kind of hate Valentine's Day. I'm just going to be honest. I'm not going to like rant yeah. about it or anything. I don't hate it that much, but I just think it's stupid. Yeah. It's just obvious commercialism. So, yeah, we have an episode today, though. What are we going to learn about? Nautical terminology. Nautical terminology. <laughs> I recently learned the difference between a nautical mile and a regular mile. We'll get into that. Cool. But remember, we already did a nautical terminology episode. See, I thought it, it was seemed like so a, bad. I thought it seemed like a flashback, but like my memory doesn't go back that far. It was like one of the first things we did, even before Vision, and it was just bad. Okay, um, that makes sense. We were pretty bad back then. <laughs> yeah, like I had like one shitty page of notes. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so we're redoing nautical terminology. But for all of you, it's going to be the first time. Yeah, that's right. So, nautical things are things that are related to ships, navigation, or seamanship. Nautiluses. Mm, okay. But let, here's a disclaimer. I didn't become a sailing expert this week. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, maybe we'll do this episode again in six months. Exactly. <laughs> I just want to I, yeah, I don't know shit about rigging or, like, I didn't take a sailing class. I just got on Wikipedia. Anyway, let's talk about size of the boat. Aft is the back of the ship. And the stern is the backmost part of the ship. Okay, okay. So aft is just like, okay. The back it's, of the ship. It's after you. Yeah, and the mnemonic I thought of is you get nipped in the aft. You get nipped in the aft? Yeah. Because like aft? It's in the back, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so bow is the front of the ship. And the mnemonic I have for that is when you bow, you move your body forward. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, four is a technical term, which means towards the bow or the forward part of the ship. Makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. So we got the front and the back. The bow is the front and the aft is the back. Uh, starboard is the right side of a ship when facing the bow. And that's denoted by a green light. Okay, and so you, you, the, your mnemonic for that is like S, starboard, R, right? We'll get to that after we do port, too. Um, so green to green is like two boats passing each other on the starboard side, and that's like driving in England. Okay. So port is the left side of a ship when facing the bow, and that's denoted by a red light. And so red to red passing would be two boats passing each other on the port side, and that's like driving in the U.S. Okay, is there a uh, is like is there a certain 
Is there a convention when, like, passing through smaller waterways? Is there a convention on w- which you're supposed to do? I imagine it would change depending on where you are. Oh, well, roads. I mean, it's not like it's a road. Yeah. I mean, that's what I imagine because I don't know at all. Okay. Like I said, I didn't become an expert <laughs> in sailing. <laughs> um, so port actually at one point was card- called Larboard. And in 1844, the Royal Navy declared that the left side of ship is only to be called port. So they had larboard and starboard. And starboard. So like older movie, movies are supposed to be like historically accurate, like uh, before 1844. Period pieces. Yeah. So like the com- master and commander, when they're like on the port, go to the port. It's actually that's not accurate because they would have been calling it larboard. Yep. Which makes sense why they fucking changed that because like in the <laughs> middle of a big storm or a battle, you don't want to be like they're attacking from the larboard side. I see them. Sire. The starboard? No, the larboard. <laughs> it's like uh, Patrick. Oh. <laughs> Weast? Or no, oh, East. East. I thought you said Weast. <laughs> what kind of compass are you reading, laddie? So yeah, some whalers continued calling it Larboard until the 1850s. Well, le- sail- er, whalers are pieces of shit. <laughs> Modern all- whalers. And they always were. <laughs> uh, after the last time we recorded the nautical ter- terminology episode, John actually told us the best mnemonic for Starboard and Port. And that is that the word port has the same number of letters as the word left. Okay. And I thought of another good one, and that starboard has two R's for right in it. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome, everybody. Starboard has two R's for right. There's no way I'll ever forget those. (laughs) No way. It's not that port has a right or an R in it or anything. (laughs) Yeah, but starboard has two R's. You double up on the R's, that gets you to the right. Port has the same number as left. I could just see myself on a boat in like a, a, an emergency, just being like counting off the number of R's <laughs> in the word before I go and complete whatever action the captain needed me to do. You're that bad at counting? You can't even get up to two? Well, I mean, if I, it's if it fits on my fingers, I'm pretty good at it. All right. Well, let's talk about parts of a boat. We'll start with the beam. The beam. Yep, the beam is the length of the ship at its widest point, measured from the water line. So the width of the ship at its widest point? Yes. Okay. Measured from the water line. The yards are the cross beams which hold up the sail, which the sail is supported by. Okay, so like the, they're, the, they're the horizontal things that come off of the mast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the main deck is the uppermost deck that extends from bow to stern. Okay. And a poop deck is the deck that forms the roof of the, an aft cabin. So a cabin in the back, the poop deck is the topmost okay, so deck like where of the, that. Where the, um, where the helm is usually located on a ship. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, did you, seeing as how you became an expert on this, did you find out why it's called the poop deck? Um, yeah. Um, it's from the French word for stern. La poupe, or la p o u p e. La poupe, seriously. La poupe. La poupe. No, I'm not. I'm not criticizing your. I'm not criticizing your pronunciation. It's French. I mean, they're just I, weird. Yeah, but I don't, uh, I don't but know. But seriously, about like they're like French. So they they go around being like, "Can you check my la poupe for any? <laughs> I don't know poop." <laughs> yep, but they Fucking do that French. <laughs> Sorry that we have a French listener, which I doubt. We don't yet, but we will in the future, hopefully. <laughs> we like France. Uh, jib. 
A jib is a triangular sail that is set in front of a mast. Um, mostly jibs are used as airfoils for larger sails set behind them. Oh, is that what those do? Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um, and there can be multiple jibs in front of the other main sails. Right. Especially, yeah. If you have a larger vessel. Yeah. You're going to want more jibs. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the expression. I like the cut of his jib. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So back in the day, sailors could distinguish faraway boats by the cut, quote unquote, of their sails. Or the general shape and placement of the sails. Oh, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, once you have it down pat to, like, a pretty good science, mm-hmm. uh, depending on the size. you be like, that's a French wartime vessel. Yeah, exactly. Like, we got to get the fuck out of like, here. like, ah, it's a frigate. Yeah. Um, so sailors uh, in the 1800s were using the phrase cut for uh, of the sail. Well, because, yeah, I and mean, you eventually mentioned you cut it. Out of a larger... Yeah, and it's like just the shape and placement and general stuff about it. Eventually, it came to mean what it colloquially means today, which means having approval of one's general character or appearance. Oh. Yeah, so like, I like the cut of his jib is derived from the sailing term, but it's kind of just now like just about a person's general demeanor or physical appearance. Okay. You're metaphorically comparing their character to to a ship. Yeah. Appearance. Um, yeah, let's talk about some wind terms. So windward is a direction that is upwind from you. So that means the wind is coming towards you. Okay, so windward is the direction the wind is coming from. Yeah, yep. And leeward is the opposite. So it's the direction which is downwind from you. Okay. Um, a beam wind is a wind that comes in at a right angle to the ship or across okay. the beam, which we already talked about. And tacking is another cool thing about shipping ships. Yeah. Um, Jonathan knows all about it because he plays that sailing game. Um, yep. Let's just leave it at that. Don't <laughs> don't talk about what the game is or anything. It's just the sailing game. All right. Uh, tacking is a, a, a sailing ship cannot move directly into the wind, but will often have to move to windward. Right. Um, so tacking is a zigzagging maneuver you make in order to proceed in a windward direction. Right. Actually, uh, I have a small anecdote about this. Several times I've watched, and I don't remember what the race is called, but there's this, um, sailboating race that, uh, travels through the Great Lakes around Michigan. Okay. And at several mm-hmm. points you can see the boats from the shore. Oftentimes they're, they're quite close to the shore, um, depending on where they have to navigate. And... These are smaller sail ships. They're really small. They, you know, the crew of like, I don't know, but a small crew. Yeah. And when they when they tack, they tack really, really hard to the point where the deck at times seems almost perpendicular to the water. Oh, really? And you basically, you, you have to hang on to the vessel in order to remain on it. That's um, kind of crazy. Yeah, they tack really hard because it's a race, yeah. like, like I said. And so if, you, and yeah, if, if you're traveling windward, into the wind, yeah, if you're going windward, you have to do that You have to tack hard. really hard. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it was pretty fun to watch. We would get binoculars and stuff. Cool, yeah. Um, so uh, coming about is a part in tacking when you're turning into the wind and preparing to tack in the other direction. Okay, yep, because you zigzag. Yeah. And so let's talk about by and large. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so by means going into the wind, and large means away from the wind. Okay. So by and large means in all situations. 
Gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so if a ship handles well, by and large, it handles well going into the wind and away from the wind. And is used basically to mean it handles well in all situations. Gotcha. Mostly what I'm learning in this episode... There's uh, a lot of phrases is, come yeah, from that, sailing. That sailors, yeah, have had a, have a... Their jargon has had a pretty heavy impact on the way we speak. Exactly. Our yeah, idioms. It's kind of crazy. Uh, full and by is another one you may have heard. That's sailing by or into the wind, but not as much as possible. So the sails can be kept full. This provides a margin of error to avoid being taken backward in a tricky sea. But figuratively, it means getting the job done in a steady, relaxed way without strain or urgency. Okay, say that one again. So full and by. Well, not the whole thing, but so it's it's full and by? Yeah, full That's and by a... means your sails are full and you're going into the wind. but you're So you're tacking in a way where your sails are full, but you're also going into the wind. So you're not making good progress, quick progress. And so that's where figuratively it means getting the job done. Right. Interesting. I've never Steadily, encountered that. But relaxed. I've never encountered that idiom. Yeah. Um, I think I've heard it just a few more, a few other times, but um, by and full. it's still kind of cool. Yeah. Or full and by. Oh, full and by. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, let's talk about some sailor jargon. Yeah. More sailor jargon. Yeah. Avast. <laughs> Avast means to stop. Oh. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's not to be confused with ahoy, the greeting. Like a lot of people would be like, avast, ye mateys, when talking, being like a gr- as a greeting. But avast was actually a command to stop. So if you're like, avast, ye mateys, that would be stop, stop. motherfuckers. Okay, so those people are dumb. Mm, yeah, it's a way to get people <laughs> who, are, who are really into piracy uh, pissed off, I've heard. Another cool people who are really into piracy. <laughs> yeah, I saw. It. I guess go to Somalia. <laughs> <laughs> Not modern piracy. Manning the yards was a command that could also be given, and that was to have all of the crew not necessary to handle the ship climb onto the yards, which was the crossbeam that right. supports the okay. sails. Okay, so you're basically getting ready for a maneuver. Well, no, you're having all of your crew climb up onto the support beams of the ship. Um, of the sails. But why? Usually it was used in a harbor to show that the guns weren't armed. Oh! The, the guns weren't manned and their intentions were peaceful. Oh, geez. Okay, it's basically like so, showing yeah. people, demonstrating to people that you're essentially disarmed. Yeah. That's cool. Manning the yards. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. That's just like a cool thing. That's like a, whoever thought of that was just kind of... Yeah, exactly. Know, it's polite. Yeah. Also a good way not to get shot. Also, it's probably just kind of fun to climb up there with all <laughs> with the whole crew. I imagine a lot of people fell to their deaths. Sailing is over-glamorized. Oh, yeah. It was probably, like, shitty as fuck. Like, people who are into piracy, like, like we just talked about, people who are into, like, older piracy or, like, the golden age of pirates, that's, that's like, being, like... Or even just sailing in the British Navy probably fucking sucked. Oh, yeah. No, I like, imagine it really must have. But, like, being a pirate, you couldn't even go to a port. Unless it was no. a pirate port, which I don't, anybody, not that many of those exist except in like Barbados. A, but piracy was a capital punishment. Yeah, exactly. Like so you were going to get you were going to get strung up. Piracy is, I don't get why people romanticize a bunch of rapists so much. Yeah, let's talk about more of these. I I meant an order had been heard and will be carried out. Okay. So each I meant something different. Um, oh, oh, okay. So you're saying yes. I, okay. The first I is I heard you. The second I is I'll do that. Yep. Uh, cut and run. I have a Wikipedia quote about this. 
When wanting to make a quick quick escape, a ship might cut lashings to sails or cables for anchors, causing damage to the rigging or losing an anchor, but shortening the time needed to make ready by bypassing the proper procedures. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So like we were talking about, most most idioms, like a lot of idioms come from sailor jargon. Well, they and they had some of the most intense jargon of anyone because yeah. you're just out there with a bunch of other dudes with nothing better to do but shoot the shit and yeah. I mean cut and run and mm, worry about how many lemons you have. people. <laughs> so a jury rig. A uh, jury rigging is the practice of making do with what's available on the ship to fix a broken mast or sail in order to continue a journey to a port where more extensive repairs could be made. Okay, okay. Yeah. And I, I guess without that second part, that's essentially what pirates had to do all the time. Yeah. Most of what pirates, like, looted their booty wasn't gold or, like, valuable items except valuable survival items. It, a lot of times it was just, like, repairs for their ship and supplies. Mm, there was yeah. a lot of rope and um, yeah. maybe some rum. Miles and cordage. Yeah. That's Tons of rum. Uh, so know the ropes is another one. A sailor who knows the ropes is familiar with the miles of cordage, ropes, and rigging involved in ro- running a ship. Wow. They, yeah. I guess, yeah. Knowing the ropes is a pretty badass thing then. That's right? a lot of... That's kind of a lot of knowledge and you responsibility. Had to waste a, you had to waste a lot of your uh, youth <laughs> <laughs> out yeah. at sea in order to know that stuff. Yep. And probably started as a cabin boy. Um, which was a boat job that we're going to not get into. Cause <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk about boat jobs. <laughs> Start, not cabin boy, though. No, not cabin boy and not boat swain, because I just didn't want to do them. I don't know what a boat swain is. Yeah, it's like a person who's in charge of the deck and the deck hands and a lot of other jargon. Okay. I tried to get into it, but I couldn't. Yeah, a, a lot of navies seemed like ultra hierarchical, which makes oh, yeah. sense. Like, yeah. you're away from the motherland. Uh, yeah. You got to keep things on the... So Boatswain was, let's just say, it was very high in command. Okay. I heard they had specific whistles and shit that, like, <laughs> denoted the calls that the captain made to the Boatswain. I just, no, that was too much. Uh, skipper, you know what a skipper is? Mm, is a skipper like second in command of the captain or something like that? The skipper is the captain. Skipper is the captain. So yep. the answer to that question would be no, I don't know what a skipper is. <laughs> yep. Uh, swabby. <laughs> no. It sounds low. It sounds low. Yeah. A, a swabby is a low ranking member, member of the Navy. Yeah. I just can't imagine being like, aye, aye, swabby. Yeah, if you're taking orders from a swabby, who are you? Cabin boy. (laughs) (laughs) We're not going to talk about cabin boys. I already said that. (laughs) Uh, Helmsman, he steers the ship. And a landlubber is a person who can't handle their shit afloat. Oh, so like somebody who doesn't have sea legs? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I got some good advice on how to... So, like, if you're the type of person, especially, like, you're going on a cruise or something like that, you're not really into boating, and you get seasick You shouldn't easily. get seasick on a cruise ship, because cruise It does ships, happen. It does happen. Yeah, but they don't list that much. That's true. They, they don't. But a lot of people do get seasick on Okay. Um, one of the easiest fixes for that, and it's not 100%, but it's a, it's a pretty good fix, is just widen your stance. Stand oh, okay. wider when you're on a boat than when uh, when you, you you would normally stand. Like you know, try to get your feet at shoulder yeah. length and walk around like that. that makes That's sense. part of having sea legs. God, we went, but we went uh, like deep sea fishing when we went to Mexico. Me and my pops and family, 
And uh, God, the time I got really seasick for the first time in my life, and I've been on boats. I was on a Navy boat once for like a Tiger cruise, which is the thing. Huh. Um, but while we were deep sea fishing, I got so seasick when I was taking a shit uh, with that tiny ass room, just like sitting there watching the room oh, like, yeah, change yeah. around me. It was because it, it messes so with your vestibular system, yeah. like your sense of gravity versus your sense of visual motion. Yep, it was, uh, which is why people get carsick too. Yeah, and I've never gotten carsick either, and I thought I was kind of immune to the shit. Oh, okay, but yep, nope. yeah, I, I thought I was too because I went boating. Like a lot of my uncles uh, have boats. It's a big thing in Michigan boating, yeah. and so I went boating a lot as a young person. And a lot of the Great Lakes, honestly, when you're out on there and when you're looking at them, they're almost indistinguishable from an ocean, except that the waves are a little bit smaller most mm, of the time. Yeah. Um, but I went, I went deep sea fishing, and uh, yeah, I ended up taking a Dramamine and then passing out halfway through the trip. God, <laughs> one time I took a bunch of Dramamine, and that's not a good drug to try recreationally. Because you have hallucinations that could, like, legitimately happen. Yeah. And then I was hanging out with a bunch of people who were, like, Mormons, and they were, like, uh, kind of fucking with me. <laughs> and it was just bad. <laughs> I do not recommend taking Dramamine recreationally. I anyway, don't recommend taking it in let's, general. Let's, it puts me to sleep. No. Let's move on. Let's talk about sea distances. Yeah. Yeah. We'll start with fathom. A fathom is a distance of roughly six feet. Or approximately the length of a man's outstretched hands, and it's particularly used for describing depths. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Six feet. That's uh, that's quite a bit smaller than I would have guessed. Much smaller than I would have guessed. A nautical mile is about one point one five miles. It's actually scientifically in meters, or some other. Yeah. Originally, they 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 changed it to meters. What I what I discovered recently is so it used to be a. A part of a degree of uh, latitude. Of la- uh, latitude. Yeah. Um, and then they uh, changed it, it was, eventually to have an ap- more absolute meaning. It was actually equal to one arc minute of latitude. One arc minute? Okay. Mm-hmm. So one uh, sixtieth of a degree. Gotcha. Um, but nowadays it's been agreed that a nautical mile is exactly some like 1,800 meters. Or gotcha. Centimeter. I don't know, some sort of meters. I don't know. <laughs> no, yeah, it, it would be meters. It definitely wouldn't be centimeters. But it's only like... That'd be 18 meters. <laughs> Shut up, Jonathan. Uh, so anyway, a knot is <laughs> one nautical mile per hour. Oh, is that what that is? Okay. Yep. And a league is three nautical miles. Jeez, so when the Nautilus went, uh, how many leagues? 30,000. 30, yeah, that That's- was... That's so like 30,000 times three. That's 90,000 nautical miles under the sea. Jeez, I don't think that that's... Yeah. I mean, maybe James Cameron went that deep, but other than that, um, <laughs> you know, that is that is still considered to be... 90,000 miles? Is what? the ocean really 90,000 miles deep? Wait, no. say, say, say it again. <laughs> what What is a league... A league is three nautical miles. Oh my goodness! <laughs> no, yeah, I don't think I don't think that uh, I don't think that the the ocean's probably ninety thousand feet deep. Yeah, I mean, 
<laughs> I don't know. Unless you're talking about an ocean on like Uranus or Neptune. <laughs> I just don't think. Hey, even there, what am I talking yeah, about? What are you that's, talking about? That's an enormous distance. Yeah. But anyway, that, that novel, by the way, is still considered a pretty visionary uh, piece oh, of yeah. science fiction. Yeah. It is one of the Everything earliest did, instances much. of science fiction, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about some miscellaneous nautical terms and shit. Yeah. Uh, we'll start with the binnacle. And a binnacle is the stand that a compass on a ship is mounted on. Okay, yeah, yep. Yep. And now let's talk about grog. Yes, I was hoping you were going to bring this up. If you didn't, I was going to. Yeah, so on long voyages, water in caskets can get algae and become slimy. Yep, and actually toxic. Yeah. And so before the 1600s, they were mixing wine or brandy into their water to make it more palatable. And after the mid-1600s, rum became the drink of choice for sailors and was given to them straight. So they're given water and rum. Okay. But sailors kept fucking with it and hoarding their rum for several days. Oh, and then they just and get then fucked they, up. Yeah, <laughs> just get real fucked up. And problems occurred and people had to be punished and shit. Okay. Um, so in the 1740s, or in 1740, rather, British Vice Admiral Edward Vernon was in charge of the Royal Navy, and he introduced to his sailors a mixture of water and rum. And it was generally with a four-to-one water-to-rum ratio. Okay, hopefully, yeah, the other way around. People are still going to be getting fucked up. So uh, it would both keep the sailors from getting too drunk and make the water spoil quicker so that they can hoard it. We do it spoil quicker because oh yeah. because the, the alcohol content is now not high enough to prevent like algae blooms yeah that was over kind of period, counter like counterintuitive to what I would have thought oh so like, you basically you're adding sugar you're yeah. adding fuel to bacteria while not creating a toxic enough environment to them to prevent them from growing yeah and they would get they would get one serving at night or one serving in the morning. And one serving at the noon shift. And that lasted for like two centuries. Jeez, oh, Pete, I can't imagine that was a popular change. Yeah. I mean, I'd be pissed um, about it if I was a sailor. The only I thing know, I right? have is my rum. Yeah, seriously. Vice Admiral Vernon was called Old Grog because he wore a grogum cloth coat. What is grogum? It's a like tight corded fabric. Okay. So it's like kind of like cords, but they're like tightly, tightly woven cords. It's just weird. The two things that have nothing to do with each other. Yeah. Just are given, like, yeah. yeah. Um, wait, it's just wh- how it goes. Yeah. While we're on the subject of the British Navy, though, and um, like terms like grog and well, grog, I guess. Um, the reason why we still to this day sometimes call British people limies uh, in a derogatory fashion is because once they figured out what uh, was causing scurvy, you know, most people started eating mm, lemons yeah. out at sea to prevent scurvy. And because the British at the time basically owned Sicily and Sicily grew a lot of limes, they stopped importing lemons from, oh, um, so from other nations limes. and started using limes, which actually have a, a small percentage of the amount of vitamin C that... Um, they just had a shit ton of them? Yeah, yeah. They just they had, just, like, extra... Yeah, they. I mean, yes, or and enough. it's also just not as good at preventing scurvy yeah. as lem- lemons. Lemons are way better at preventing scurvy. Okay. But yeah, that's why they're called limeys. Interesting. That's very interesting. Um, so the final thing I have uh, before we get into the credits is uh, Cat of Nine Tails. Oh, yeah, that's that whip, right? Yeah, the Cat of Nine Tails, it's a piece of rope wound from three other ropes, and each of those ropes is unraveled into three ropes at the end. Okay. And so that's how you get the nine. 
And it was used for corporal punishment, and it was called the cat because of the long parallel slashes on the back of the person being punished. Ooh, oh, is that why? Okay. Yeah. Now it's just used in the Fifty Shades of Grey novels. Yeah. And you, you heard the, you've heard the uh, phrase, no room to swing a cat? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I had heard that one. But uh, no room to swing a cat was uh, because everyone on a ship had to witness floggings. And they happened on deck, so it could get crowded up there. Oh, so, so you you're, like, whipping many... people in the eyes as you're, like, on your backstroke. You're just whipping people in the face, yeah. making cats on their face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there is even, an even smaller version of the cat nine tails uh, that was commonly called a reduced cat, but also colloquially called a boy's pussy. <laughs> I ain't gonna touch that one. That yeah. one is it, no. I just want to. I just wanted to put it in there because it's on the fucking page. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, and well, actually, I don't even want to say that out loud. It just sounds. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. Boys, pussy. Say it five times. Boys, pussy. Boys, pussy. Boys, pussy. Boys, pussy. Boys, pussy. All right, we'll cut Whoa. three of those out. Uh, cut them all. I don't want anybody to have a record of me having said that. <laughs> All right. But actually, a bunch of things on the nautical terminology Wikipedia page, which I highly recommend you check out, um, are references and terms about corporal punishment. Okay. Like, punishment was a real big thing in sailing, and I think that has to do with probably how fucking shitty it was. Yeah, I, like, yeah, oh, yeah exactly. Like, it, this was a really, really rough life. I think yeah. unimaginably rough by yeah. by our modern developed world standards. Exactly, yeah. Um but yeah, you got anything else you want to talk about as far as nautical terminology goes? Um wh- why the hell is being being forced into sailing being called Shanghai? I never got that. It happened mostly uh. in like America and Britain and stuff like that. I don't know why the heck it was named after a It's obviously Chinese racist, port. right? I don't know anything it about it. It does seem racist. Yeah, it does seem like it probably is racist like almost everything back then. No, I don't know, but it's obviously racist. All right, that's it for this episode. The Explanations is recorded at Rabbit Pen Studios in Eugene, Oregon. It's produced, edited, and provided them sweet licks by Jonathan Cunningham. If you want to support this show, go to patreon.com slash Dexplanations or leave a review on iTunes. Thanks to Derelict88 for his review on iTunes. I really appreciate it. You said some nice things. Likely, we got a bunch of things wrong. And if you want to tell me about it or you just want to bullshit, hit me up at Dexplanationspodcast at gmail.com. Tweet me at Dexplanations, comment on the Instagram, or talk about it on the subreddit. I'll bring it up in a later episode or do a new episode about it. You're the only thing that's making this show grow, so please tell someone to subscribe. We're starting to get more and more listeners, and you have played an integral role in that. And you should really know, I really do like the cut of your jib. Bye now. I was just, I just, I'm sorry. I don't want to make you self-conscious. Oh, no, you're good. All right. You're trying to produce a quality product. I'm yeah. fucking it up. Yeah. My bodily functions. Yeah. This show has explicit language and mature themes. Oh, what if I shit my pants during an episode? That'd be fucking funny. <laughs> this show I'm not going to try to do it on Wait, purpose. Stop.
This show has explicit language and mature themes. But who knows? It might happen. Stop it. <laughs> We're going to cut in from I'm not going to shit my pants on purpose after this show has explicit language and mature themes. <laughs>